Welcome to to close the final episode of Top Quartile for 2022. Um, I'm your host, Dan Marks, the president at Fusion. And it's so great to talk to so many great people uh, this year. Hope you found it uh, useful and encouraging in your business. And so today we're doing a, a the first part of a two-part series where we're doing a roundtable with some of our guests from this year that came back on the show to give them, to give you their perspectives on the, some key lessons learned in 2022, the impact it had on them and, you know, sharing that information like we do uh, to help the community. So uh, first up, Kim. Key takeaway I saw in 2022 was the elevated power of empathy and gratitude in the boardroom. I know this may sound a little basic or just basic common sense, but I saw a marked shift in the power and importance placed on on empathy and gratitude uh, post-COVID as everyone was trying to figure out what is the new normal. Um, and for those of you who don't know me, uh, I, I sit on a board of a, a community bank as well as a number of other public and private boards. So my perspective comes from that lens. Um, that is uh, f- from what I see in the boardroom. And I've personally spent a lot of time reflecting on why I'm seeing this thematically across a number of different boards. I've been trying to define it and label it and uh, why I'm seeing such a notable difference in 2022 from, that, from, from the past and other years. And I, I actually think it a, lot, a lot has to do with the emotional toll that COVID left on everyone. I think that's a major factor in why it's so impactful now. Uh, connections and people matter in a different way. And that means it matters to the bank's customers differently as well. It is, it's no longer okay just to say thank you and we appreciate your business. It, it, it's, it's gone to and it has to go to another level with a deeper understanding and a deeper level of gratitude for who that bank customer is and for what actually matters to them. And, and strong boards understand this and know that tone at the top matters. Um, if we are not valuing and elevating the gratitude and empathy and exercising that behavior in the boardroom, then how is that trickling down and how are we supposed to see it in our leaders? And, it, it, you know, most importantly, um, if this is what our, our customers are feeling, then it's critical to our, our success And it's most important with those who are touching the customers, those who are face-to-face with our customers every day. I tend to be a glass-half-full kind of person, so I I truly hope this behavioral shift that I've seen um, in folks in in, in 2022 is definitely something that will continue on into 2023, because I think it's massively impactful in a positive way to our business and, and definitely appreciated by our customers. Kim well said, uh, gratitude and putting yourself in the in the customer, the employee mindset is is so critical. So thanks so much, uh, Rick. Well, I think uh, the key theme again this year has been resiliency, uh, like it has the last couple of years, fighting through uh, all the uh, craziness and extra responsibilities and uh, you know sorrow associated with COVID, uh, and then you know managing through that and managing into a different environment. And this year, things were uh, moving along at a certain pace in a certain way, and uh, we saw some radical changes uh, in the macro market uh, with interest rates moving so very, very, very quickly. And, um, you know, we've had, again, folks just, uh, again, that resiliency factor of, okay, we've got we to buckle down, we've got to take on a whole new set of challenges. Um, and it just never seems to really stop for a simple industry like banking. There's always tons of excitement. All right. 
Thanks so much, Rick. Uh, Douglas, welcome back to the show. So lesson learned a book read actually, I, you know, speak a little bit to both. Uh, one on lesson learned is the persistence of inflation. That it has been something that obviously the Federal Reserve uh, and our dual mandate that we're looking, you know, very strongly at and want to make sure that we keep stable prices and also maximum sustainable employment. But uh, when it comes to books, a very you know well correlated one is the Beige Book. And read, I read that on a regular basis. Anybody that's involved in the economy, I would say, you know, read that as well. And you can see in there comments because what it does is it provides, and it's a lot of my job, it provides us anecdotal information in addition to statistical information. And the anecdotal information is usually a point in time and looking forward. So you get a sense of, you know, what's happening in the future. So, you know, looking at comments, it's interesting to go back in time and look at comments of things that were said, you know, about six months or so ago, or, you know, a little bit shorter, and you get a sense of, you know, some of what's happening now. Uh, two, I'll pull out and look at for the Memphis zone is in July, food service firms were looking at, you know, shortage of key supplies, couldn't get cups, couldn't get utensils, and, uh, you know, but consumer demand was staying strong. And then that went into August. You see in the uh, beige book there where they start to reduce portion sizes. So if you, you know, I'm sure people thought they were just getting better on the diets, but food service firms, at least in the Memphis zone, are starting to reduce those portion sizes because you're starting to see uh, that inflation, how much you're paying for food and also paying for utensils and the like. So being able to see that uh, come through in the anecdotal evidence, especially seeing it early, is something that we look at here at the Fed, in addition to a number of things. Obviously, we're measuring inflation. We're looking at uh, inflation measures like CPI and PCE, and even though those strip out food, they, uh, the core PCE strips out food and fuel, it gives us a good sense because you know monetary policy operates on a lag, so this gives us a little look into the future uh, of what's going to be happening. All right. Thanks so much, Douglas. And, and Janelle? One of the books that I really enjoyed reading this past year was Fearless Leadership. Um, it's by Carrie Lorenz. And what's great about it is she was one of the first female F-14 firefighters. And what she really talks about are, you know, entryways into leadership and how important, you know, things like courage are to push the boundaries and you know, try something new that's never been done. Um, but the other thing that she really highlights that I thought was excellent in the book were, um, you know, planning and preparing for your team. And I think just in this day and age, we're starting to move faster and faster and we're trying new things and testing new things or launching new things and really, you know, making sure you pause and take the time to prepare your team, no matter how small or insignificant it may seem, especially when you're you know, on a, on a firefighter, uh, you really need to be all buttoned up and the team needs to be fully buttoned up. So that was the example she gave, but I, I took it to heart because I think we're moving so fast that sometimes we forget to pause and make sure that everyone's understanding and along the journey with us. So I thought it was a really great book, fun read as well. Um, so that's one thing that I took away this year. Yeah. Spot on Janelle. Um, you know, in a in a, an environment that is more uncertain, it becomes critical to have that insight and have data drive your decisions. So, thanks for that, uh, Jeff. I guess lessons learned in twenty twenty two is a it's dangerous question. We all learned a lot of stuff, um, but I really 
I've been thinking about a lot. I read a book on Amazon actually called uh, Working Backwards, uh, which really talked a lot about the way they execute, the way they structure the company and think about goals and metrics in aligning teams. And I feel like particularly in, in challenging market environments, it's very helpful for companies to be able to focus on how you operate better, how you execute better, how you kind of get the machine better oiled, so to speak. And so I've been thinking a lot about it and working in internal our company. How do we think about, you know, aligning teams, getting incentives set up right, measuring, kind of increasing the speed and, and um, you know, a capability around execution that we have. And I feel like that's a, an area I've learned a lot and, and something that's really interesting to focus on, particularly in, in challenging environments, because those are those are moments when growth can be hard, but there's always operational efficiencies, execution capabilities to improve. That's That's an area I've been thinking and learning a lot about this year. Very well said. Uh, there's there's always more to learn and and executing more efficiently, focusing on the things that are drive real productivity and ignoring the things that are maybe less productive is is especially important uh, in times of of economic weakness. So uh, very well said. Uh, next up, the beauty of marketing and one of the things that I love and why I've been in the industry for 15 years is that there's always learnings. And if uh, if you're not learning things each year, uh, you know that that's probably a bigger problem. But um, so uh, of the many, uh, I think there's been a, a few things, one that's probably a continual learning and I've talked about before, but is that, uh, what, what is, what worked last year, what worked this year may not necessarily be the, the thing that works the same next year or brings the same results. We need to be continually adapting and, and adjusting to things as, you know, as new things come out. One of the specifics for this year for us has been a, a learning around NIL uh, agreements with um, athletes at the collegiate level. And we've we've experimented with that a little bit and we've had some learnings with with some athletes. We've done a little bit as that that was new and and this year we we've gotten into that a little more as Mountain America's our marketing we've done all types of things with social influencers and run run certain campaigns, and this year was the NAL side of that was was new to us. What we found probably a learning, uh, you know, an, an important part of that was not just a an agreement with the player and hey endorse us or show up on our commercial, but what we did with with our players is we got to know a little bit about what they were interested in in the community as well, and then supported those things and invited them to be part of that with us. Um, so there's a, a player at um, BYU that we uh, worked with, and um, you know he has a, an interest with the Polynesian community in Utah, and so we were able to do uh, you know a, a, a financial education piece with that community in Provo, you know near where his university is and where he lives, and and it was a tremendous success, you know, and and we we got a lot of great feedback from that, as well as with these players, we've we've kind of um, done some financial education with them. Um, and allowed them to explore some of the um, offerings that we have as a you know as a credit union and and what they can be part of. And then not only have we found them endorsing that through our our paid agreements with them to you know with us on social media and other things, but we find them talking about how much they've enjoyed working with the credit union just on their own, and what a great part that partnership has been 
um, just like we've had with some other social influencers in the past where we've seen some similar things. So that's been a great learning. I think we, we've had some with some players where we just had them show up at, to an event or be on a radio ad or whatever it might be. And those are fine and th that worked. But the ones where we've been a little more involved with them, uh, you know, has been uh, one of our, our really great learnings for this year. Yeah, Gentry, uh, great lesson learned in terms of understanding partnerships and really thinking about uh, where do you have affinity and also how can you give back through financial education and those kind of things. So uh, uh, fantastic insight as always. Uh, Tim? Yeah, I think 2022, if if I had to say one word, I would say agility, the, the, the value of agility, flexibility, uh, being able to adjust to changing conditions, unforeseen yeah. changes. Yep. Virtually all of our clients coming into 2022 were uh, still very focused on growing loans because they were very liquid uh, with excess deposits from the residue of the federal stimulus out of the pandemic. That has shifted so rapidly. It's caught a lot of folks by surprise. Um, so we have many clients that were looking for every loan they could get uh, in the first quarter who are now looking for every deposit they can get. Uh, obviously, when Fed funds has gone up as aggressively as it has in this period, it's it truly unprecedented from a historical perspective. But the shift uh, is like driving a car 50 miles an hour and throwing it into reverse. Uh, it's disconcerting. It's difficult to get our hands around how to react to it. Uh, the odds of making mistakes are very high. On the other hand, the odds of, you know, to use the language of the day, the, to having a soft landing, very, very difficult to pull off, which makes, you know, the discipline of, of data-driven decision-making and analytics more important than it's ever been. Yeah, Tim, so very well said. In a, you know, agility is, is always a great discipline. It really shows its real value in times of, uh, you know, dynamic uncertainty, needing to adjust plans based on uh, real information and, and certainly in an era of, you know, very rapid interest rate environments and, and you know, probably a great foundation even for next year. So thanks for that insight. Uh, Sean? As you think about 2022, for us, um, it was actually a very good year. It started very, very strong. Uh, the economy obviously was super hot. We uh, got way ahead of budget early in the year. And then what has happened is later in the year, these significant increases in interest rates have started things to slow. So both in mortgage, uh, as well as we do quite a bit of home building lending. And so it has caused that to slow down some. Uh, business lending still seems to be robust, but I would say it's not even quite at the fever pitch that it was at uh, early in the year. So some of the things that I uh, have learned is one, don't overstaff. So we uh, overstaffed uh, pretty heavily for the growth trajectory that we were on. And unfortunately, uh, we are not on that growth trajectory uh, anymore. And so we've had to make some adjustments. And thankfully, we haven't had to do any layoffs. We've just allowed attrition to kind of take care of those things uh, for us. And so uh, it hadn't been too disruptive from a cultural uh, perspective. The other, another thing I've learned is the importance of studying the economy you know, making sure that you are ahead of what is happening as opposed to things just happening to you. And looking at raw data 
instead of just what people happen to think, you know, because depending upon who you are and what you are selling, uh, you may have a motive to be a little bit more positive or negative than the actual uh, data uh, would exist. And so I think that's, that's, a, that's another one. And then third, uh, what I have learned is culture still trumps everything. So one of the decisions that we have made, so in, in a CEO role, um, as you know, you're, you're always uh, balancing, I'll, I'll use that word, multiple stakeholders. Okay, so in my instance, uh, I am managing uh, how my employees feel, how my clients feel, how my shareholders feel, and how my community feels. And so when you look at a scenario like this where uh, we're going we're gonna to finish the year uh, very strong, we're going to have our 14th record uh, year in a row, no doubt about it, but the last couple of months have been slower, but then you began to go, okay, how do, we, how do we react to this? Well, from a shareholder perspective, the answer would be lay everybody off. Let, let's maximize uh, profitability at all costs. From an employee perspective, it would be lay nobody off, make no changes. Let's continue to live our life. And what, whatever happens to profits happen. Uh, we try to align our budget, our, our uh, bonus programs and other uh, comp with our performance. So hopefully we're not quite that narrow in our thinking, but certainly, you know, nobody wants anybody to move their cheese. Uh, we know that for a fact. The community says, hey, we need you to keep making the same amount of donations and being as involved as you were before. Um, and of course, the customers say, you know, don't adjust our pricing. Uh, we need the cheapest uh, at all times. And so the question becomes, how do you kind of balance those? And so for us, it, it is about prioritizing who are the most important stakeholders there. And for me, employees are number one. Um, they, they are particularly in a market like this where you have such um, tight uh, labor and you're, you're working so hard to attract good people. When you already have them, you better take care of them. So we have chosen to maybe forego some short-term profitability, and maybe make some adjustments on our community involvement so that we can keep our employees whole and happy. Uh, and so, so I think as a leader, those need to be conscious decisions that you make as opposed to, oh my gosh, stuff's just happening to me and I'm making one-off decisions while I, I'm getting beat about by the waves. It's better to kind of get ahead of those things. And having been through three or four of these, uh, I think we're doing a better job now uh, than what we uh, did previously. So that would be kind of my uh, synopsis of 2022 and uh, what I have learned and am learning in real time uh, as we speak. Thanks so much, everybody, for the perspective. It's so great to have uh, the show, have your you know, perspectives from different roles, different parts of the country. And this roundtable is really fun uh, to, to give, give our listeners and viewers a taste of those key lessons learned uh, from some different roles, different types of institutions um, across the country. So hopefully that, that perspective was valuable to you as you're you know, wrapping up the year. And I know everybody's been working on planning for several months. Uh, but that's, you know, kind of a, hopefully a, pers a helpful perspective um, 
as you're as you're closing out the year yourself, reflecting on uh, things that were, you know, this was a very dynamic year. And so it was great to to have so many guests on the show um, and offer their perspective throughout the year and then this wrap-up perspective. And and please do stay tuned uh, for the for the next uh, part two in this little mini series where we're going to focus more on the forward-looking, you know, with those key trends for 2023. So thanks again, everybody, and uh, happy holidays. <laughs>